Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Okay, welcome to Set for Life Radio. Today I have my friend Russ with me. Russ, we've been talking about doing a podcast together for a very long time, haven't we? Yes, we have. And so here we are in this new studio. We, Friends, we have a new church building, and we've got a room here that we have set up as a, a studio. And me and Russ, we were talking at lunch about some things, and I said, Russ, we have a studio. Why don't we just go have this same conversation on the mics? And Russ goes, okay, let's go. <laughs> Russ, what were we talking about, fishing? Yeah, we were talking about fishing. Uh and actually, we were actually we were relating it to um, building our building our congregation up. Exactly, building the congregation up. So, you know, the Lord told me that the re, the way we're going to build this church is not with ads and not with social media and all the other stuff the churches are playing. Not that social media is not important because you got to let people know you're there, but that's not how you build a church. That's how you get people to know where you are. But that yes. doesn't save anybody. How you build the church, new people coming to belief in Jesus Christ is telling them the gospel. I'm going to start something here, real dialogue here. First off, Russ, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Glad to have you, you in here. It's good to, good to be in it here. It feels like a real radio environment, finally, that we have this. Uh, <laughs> friends, those of y'all that can't see, uh, obviously, uh, we have acoustic foam stuck all over the wall. <laughs> Trying to knock down the um, the echo, so I'm hope we're doing a good enough job. But I got Russ in here, and yeah, we were talking about fishing, and Jesus had said in Matthew four and nineteen, it says Jesus walk, uh, sorry, eighteen, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And it says they immediately left their nets and followed him. So there's our fishing story, Russ. I don't know if you've been fishing around Galveston, around here where we live. You ever ever fish a whole lot? Yes. Uh, Not a whole lot, but I have fished some. And you do know that when you fish, sometimes you get a nibble. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes they bite hard. Yes. And they get away. Absolutely. <laughs> Only to be caught by another fisherman later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we need lots of fishers of men, because the ones that get away from you, someone else. Well, Russ, what I think is neat here is it opens up uh, in early in the ministry of Jesus. He came to some fishermen. And I think that's important that he came to some fishermen, because that's the whole idea. It's kind of, a, it's kind of an illustration of what uh, sharing the gospel is like. We're fishing for men. Russ, you have a fish hook on your head. What does that fish hook, what does that mean? It means that I'm a fisher of men. And when people see it, do they ask you, where do you fish? 
Sometimes they do. Sometimes they just look at me really strange. Like, what's that doing <laughs> yeah, up like, there? Yeah, like, what's that doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a uh, little gimmick, I guess, going with uh, friends in my church. We put a fish hook on our head. It's something I just always had because it's grandpa's fish hook that I'm wearing on my hat. It became a thing where people would say, hey, you've got a fish hook on your the bill of your hat. Do you go fishing? And I, I'm like, honestly, I don't. I haven't fished and I don't know when. But I would, it would cue me in to be like, yes, I do go fishing. And they say, well, where do you fish? And I'm like, right here. Russ, one time I was at Whataburger. <laughs> and I was ordering a hamburger. And the guy asked me, and uh, he goes, do you fish here? And I said, oh, yeah. He said, where? I said, right here. He goes, well, he was trying to figure out what lake was there down the street. There's, no, there's nothing in that town. <laughs> and I said, I fish right here. He said, he, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And I gave him the gospel. And I told him I'm a fisher of men. So when I'm kind of daydreaming and doing my usual day and I forget, this fish hook reminds me that if somebody asked, you tell them. So it's kind of a trigger for me to give them the gospel. So Russ saw me with that hook. And I told him about it, and he wanted to wear one. Now, Russ, you've got a pretty nice-looking hat. Yeah. It has a set-for-life patch on it, and you have a fish hook. Is it stylish? Yes, it is. It is for men, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't know how the ladies like it, but <laughs> us guys like it. Covers my head. It, yes. You know, I've worn a hat forever, and I just now come up with this hat, I, uh, this fish hook idea. You know, people used to say, Ray, if you keep wearing a hat, you're going to go bald. And I said, well, if I'm always wearing a hat, Nobody's going to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it says they were fishermen, and he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then it says they immediately left their nets to follow him. And, Russ, what I think is interesting about that, they left their nets. That was their income. That was their career. That was everything they knew how to do. It says they left their nets. They left their former life behind to go follow Jesus as fishermen. Now, Russ, what does it mean when you turn and follow and and you turn and leave everything behind? What what's the word for that? Repentance. And tell us about repentance in your own words. Well, repentance is uh basically in in, in I, I use uh, Isaiah 55 where he says uh seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him turn to the Lord, yeah, who will pardon him and uh, restore him. Yeah. So uh, the the whole the whole idea is it's a change of it's a change of life. Mm-hmm. We need a change of heart, and that's what that's what uh, it talks about in Jeremiah thirty one. That you get a that, that you get a changed heart because God writes His Word on it, and and in uh, uh, Ezekiel thirty six we get a brand new heart and we get a new spirit so that we can do what God says to do in His Word. So th- so it's not well. It's both and. It's going from my way of doing things and my way of thinking to doing things God's way and thinking his thoughts. Wow. And that's that, that's that's what it says that we have the mind of Christ. And so we turn it that's, that's it's, a, it's a change. It's a change. Well, it says here it says they immediately left their nets and followed him. You know, friends to follow Jesus, you got to leave where you were. 
You can't stay where you were. You can't stay in your old life of sin. You can't do the things you used to always do. You got to leave it. And they left their nets. Now, friends, what if some guy walked up to you, like in this story we just read, and he says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of a different kind. I'll make you fishers of men. You're going to go fish for men now. And you've got your career. You've got your job, all your things that you do. And friend, let me ask you, could you quit your job to follow Jesus if he required it? If he said, look, to follow me, you've got to quit doing everything you're doing. Could you do it? And that's what these guys here did. And now they're fishers of men. Now, what is a fisher of men? It means they're trying to draw people in. You know, think of a rod and reel. Mm-hmm. You're trying to draw that fish in. And Russ, sometimes fish fight. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> don't they? <laughs> and they try to get off and they don't want to go in. And you gotta you gotta reel them in. So we gotta go out there and share the gospel and reel them in. You gotta fish for people. Russ, you have a story that you're ready to read to everybody. What that re- relates to this fisher of men subject here? What what is your story? Well, actually, actually, this comes from the twenty first twenty first chapter of John. This is this is when uh, the disciples have left uh, Jerusalem. They they went back fishing. Because they thought, well, the Lord's gone, and we oh, don't, we don't look, know we don't know where let's he just is. Go back to what we used to do, I guess. We might as well Jesus go back. died; they crucified him. I guess I'm just going to go fishing again. Yep. Yeah, they and, gave up, didn't they? I, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't understand what his death was yet. Well, they, yeah, they didn't. They, understand. they thought it. Well, we thought we really had something here, and he's gone. It, they killed him. So, I guess I'm just going to go what they used to do. Went back to fishing. Go ahead. Mostly, they were. They were walking in the ways that they were comfortable with. That's all they knew. It it was an old life. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the way I used to do things. It it wasn't the new life that Jesus had talked to to him about for three years. He said, look, this is going to happen, and they didn't understand. So anyway, this is after the the resurrection. But uh, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Yeah, that's kind of like yeah. it, 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 this three-year thing. As we, well. This three-year thing we did with Jesus is over. I mean, mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to go somewhere, and apparently it didn't. So I'm just going to go the way it was. And so they said to him, "We are going with you also." So we we've had enough. We've had enough of this tra- traipsing around, not getting anything done. So let's let's go do something. And they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They, they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know one of the things I one of the things that I I noticed about this was first of all, uh, they had to be obedient to Jesus. 
They had to do what he said. They didn't, but they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that, but but they figured we might might as well go ahead and fish. Didn't catch it, nothing anyway. Hadn't hadn't caught any anything all night anyway. So anyway, the 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 bottom line, they had to do what he said. They had to throw in a net. No bait, just just throw the net out there and see what comes up. Right, and uh, uh, Jesus was the one who positioned the fish where the net was going to fall. Yeah, if there was nothing there before, this fish homing beacon went off, and all these fish's minds, and they all came there. Yeah, they showed up. Okay, so they're there. They're 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 there. They're there. The, the, the fish the, are the there. disciples are there. Everything's aligned. But the only thing going to take is a little is, obedience. Is a net. There's got to be some obedience it's in that. Be, yep. Yep. So then, and 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 so that's that's what happened. So they cast, and now it says they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. It really worked. It really worked. Something happened. Okay. And the Lord positioned all of that. Yes. He made it work. Now, these guys could have doubted. They probably did. We didn't catch nothing all night. Now, now Russ, these guys were career fishermen. They were raised as from the time they were kids. They were probably taught by their dad and their granddad from there and the great-granddad from there how to be fishermen. That was what they did. Now, you would think they could have argued, well, excuse me, sir, whoever you are on the beach, I've been a fisherman my whole life. I know how to read the water. I know, I've, I've, I know this land. In this water, I know how it works, and I caught nothing. The best I have produced nothing. But then Jesus says, "Yeah, but you didn't take my command yet." <laughs> so, friends, what you see in this is that, yeah, your best that you've got doesn't really produce anything at all. If you go at it with my experience, and I've done this, and I'm so great, and I'm so wonderful, I'm a career guy. It doesn't mean anything unless the Lord blesses it. And especially if you're not going to obey the Lord, what are you going to have? Nothing. Get that right. So he said, okay, so we've done everything. We're a disciple. We've done everything we could do. Nothing happened. We fished all night. We wasted and expended and tried every trick in the book. Russ, you were talking earlier. They've got families at home. They yes. aren't going to eat. Expand on that. Right. Uh, well, they, they, were, they were feeling down. Because they had families at home that they had to feed. Probably feeling like failures as men Yeah, fa- fa- failures as men. Not only did they have their families to feed, but they had the village. And the commerce and the trade and, and, it was going to generate. Yeah, yep. all, all like that. And so everybody was out unless, un- unless they caught some fish. Right. So I think that it was, the, it was that impetus or that feeling of, you know, I really, I really got to do something. Yeah. I've been out here all night. Right. And nothing has happened. Right. So it's worth a try. And I think that that is, that is what we've got to do in turning from our thinking and our ways of doing things to God's thinking and his ways of doing things. That means obedience. Again. Right. right. Okay, and the turning is the repentance, which comes first. Yes, it, that before that, obedience that comes before repentance obedience. in itself is an act of obedience. But uh, you're not going to get any if you think, well, I'm going to do what God, whatever God tells me, I'm going to do it. But right. I'm not going to repent of my old way. You're not really obeying the Lord. 
Well, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like uh, trying to uh, row through water and you only have one oar. <laughs> you're going to go around in circles. Pretty much. And, uh, uh, and you're not going to get anywhere real fast. So that's, that's why it's both repentance and obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus says in Mark chapter 1, repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, he said both of those. Both of those. In the same sentence, I was thinking about that passage today, repent and believe in the gospel, which means repent is the prerequisite. It's required. It's mandatory. Yes. I've had people argue this with me. You know, you can just get saved. You don't have to repent. I'm sorry, but you do. It's it's up there. Uh, he said it, repent and believe in the gospel. And he said, repent first. So these guys fished all night. They did everything they could. They exercised every bit of knowledge and and everything grandpa and great-grandpa ever taught them produced absolutely nothing. I believe that the Lord had them not catch anything so they could learn to trust him completely. Absolutely. Your best is just not good enough. You've got to trust in the Lord God. And so once they did that, they pulled in more than they probably ever caught in one dip in their life. Mm-hmm. And then now that comes down to you and me as believers. We have these churches. Churches are starting to get empty. People don't care about church anymore. But Russ, are the people in the church really going out and fishing for men? Are they? Are the people in the church going out and sharing the gospel? Well, I I don't think so. Not many. Uh, Jesus said in John fifteen, "I'm the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me—that means being connected to him." Right. And I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. Yeah. In other words, if you want to have an effective life, if you want to have a productive life, if you want to catch fish to be a, to, to be a fisher of men, then you're going to have to stay connected. And that, that's what I'm, that's what I, and, and the bottom line of connection is repentance and obedience. That's our connection. Through the Spirit, because we get uh, we get obedience by the Spirit, and we get the the re- know how to even do it to to know how to even do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and 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 we get the repentance as a gift from God. That's a grace that you, God gives. And you know, I think when they responded to Jesus' command to throw the nets, when they didn't even know who He was. Remember, because mm-hmm. of the story, they didn't even know it was him. They didn't know He it said, was. throw your net, and so they did. They didn't even know it was him. I think their their obedience was a response the Lord God had had pushed them to do it. I agree. I, I think, I mean, you can see so many things playing out in this passage here. So well, it's kind of like a, don't give up now. Well, who is this guy on the beach? I don't know him. Yeah, I don't know who and it is. I'm the master fisherman, and he tells me to throw my net. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> why did he obey? Because I think the Lord God was in it influencing them to do so. Absolutely. And plus, when you get down to your very end, and my family's not going to eat tonight, I'm going to be behind on the bills. Well, gosh, if he says throw it, I guess we'll give it one more one more sh- shot and see what this guy, why did he tell me to do it? I don't know. Friends, some of you may be treating Jesus like this. You don't know who he is. Maybe you know figuratively, well, he was that guy that taught a lot of good stuff. He died on a cross, but you don't know him, know him yet. Not as Lord and Savior. And you'd be willing to obey him, but for some reason, friend, maybe you're still trying to do life your way. You still got a few more tricks up your sleeve. You still got more things you're trying to do, and it's not working, and you know it's not working. 
you're you're figuratively still fishing all night. I think there's a lot of listeners here on Set for Life, Russ, that are just like that. They're 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 still trying to do their best that they can, and they're still not getting any. Have you ever been like that in life before in your past? Absolutely. In fact, uh, this whole thing about fishing is fishing for men is like fishing for fish. You don't just throw the net in once. People think that if I if if I repent once. That I've got it. That I've got it made. I don't need to do it you gotta anymore. You got to keep repenting. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep repenting. If I'm obedient once, that that I've got it made. No. You got to. You got to keep obeying. It's 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 a continual process. Jesus said to uh, to the to the crowds. He says, "If any man would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily." You know, deny himself. That was part of their walking away from their nets. Yeah. They were denying themselves. They were denying their income, everything they knew, uh, the way they made a living. They denied themselves by walking away from their nets. So, Russ, I think there's a lot of people out there. They don't know Jesus yet. He could be like a guy on the beach. Who is that? I have no idea. And he's telling them to do things. And, friend, maybe you have not responded yet in obedience to what that guy out there is telling you. That guy out there that you don't know is Jesus, and he's trying to tell you to do things, and you're not listening yet. And no, I still have more tricks. I still have more fishing methods that I have yet to employ. And you're still going to end up short for the night. You're not going to have any, you're not going to catch anything. Friend, if this is you, you find that your life is escaping you. All the tricks you've tried aren't working. Things are getting worse. Things are getting tight. You're starting to get concerned about what do I do next? Friend, I'm here to tell you, you need to listen to the Lord. And do what he tells you to do. Making Jesus your Lord means he's the boss. That means what he says you're going to do. And so maybe you need to take up obeying him instead of trying to do things your way. Now, for the believer out there, you are in a church. You go all the time. Every time the doors open, you're there. Every time the pastor's speaking, you're there. You may play in the praise team. You may sweep the floors and mop and all all the stuff that you can do, you're doing. But wait a minute. Have you fished for men lately? You know, Russ, I know there's a figure out there I learned somewhere that says that 97, 98%, I think there's a figure out there that says that 97 to 98% of all supposed Christians have never shared the gospel with anybody, not one time. Wow. What does that make you think, Russ, when people say, I'm a Christian, and they're not sharing the gospel, do you buy it? Yeah, there is a question. Are you really a Christian? The other the other question is is if you're a Christian, why are you so ineffective? And how come you're not doing what he told you to yeah, do? How come, how come you're yeah? And so okay, this is to the believer now. You're wondering why life's going the way it is. But I'm a believer. How come God doesn't do anything? Well, maybe He's telling you to throw your net, and you're just not doing it. Can you imagine if the the disciples had said, "No, nah, we're not throwing the net." We know how to fish. We tried it all night. We're not doing anything. They beached their boat, went home and cried about the lack of fish and the lack of income for the night. Listen to the wife and the kids crying because they were hungry. What what kind of story would that have been? It would have been, yeah, but versus the fact that they did throw the net. Christian, if you are a true believer in Jesus, here's what I'm saying. Jesus is commanding his people to throw their nets, and you've got to throw your nets. What I mean is you have to take opportunities to tell people about the gospel. 
you've got to tell people the gospel. I have been standing in a grocery store line, Russ, and the Lord said the same thing that Jesus told the disciples back then in your story. I'm standing in line. There's some guy. We're just kind of chit-chat, small talking. And the Lord said, throw your net and you will have a catch. Right there in the grocery store line. (laughs) So what I did is I started telling the guy about the gospel and he responded well to it. Friends, let me ask you, are you doing the same thing yet? Have you done it at all? You're at the coffee shop, small talking with people, or you're at work or whatever, and you have the opportunity to tell somebody something, and the Lord says, throw your net, and you don't. Let me encourage you, friends, to start telling people the gospel of Jesus. Russ, what can people say when they find an opportunity to share the gospel? What is the gospel? What can they? What is the most basic way they can share the gospel? What do they need to tell people? Well, bottom line is that uh, Jesus dealt with sin first. So he said, repent. Then he said, and believe the gospel. Well, he is the gospel. What that means to me is, is that Jesus is the one who draws the person. Jesus is the one who uh, forgives that person. Jesus is the one that causes that person to repent. Jesus is the one that causes that person, if they're blind spiritually, he causes them to see. If they don't hear spiritually, he causes them to hear. Yeah. If they cannot walk spiritually, he causes them to walk. Wow. And so the the belief part is, I'm going to believe that Jesus can do what he says he can do. Amen. Yeah. And that he is who he says he is. He mm-hmm. says that he's he says that he's Lord. He says that he's King. He says that he's Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so that's our Savior. That's 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 our Savior. And so Jesus is the one who saves. And gospel means good news, friends. It's good news that we. Here's the good news, friends. We blew it. We sinned. We violated God's law, and the law says if you sin, you die. That's the penalty. Mm-hmm. It's harsh. It's brutal. But that's the law. You committed the crime, you're going to have to do the time. And the time is forever. But Jesus died on the cross to take the penalty for us so that we can be saved. Russ, what do people need to tell others when they get the chance to tell people the gospel? What do they need to say? This is amazing to be able to be able to walk together with Jesus just like just like he would he did with his disciples. Yeah to have a relationship, to speak to him, and to have him speak to you through his word, mm-hmm. through the Bible. And it's a living and growing relationship. It's not, it's not just, well, yes, it is. A, a, it's a way of thinking, but it's a way of thinking that you don't grow up with. It's, it's something that you turn to. The Holy Spirit has to work it in your heart to think differently. The Holy Spirit has to work it in your mind to think differently, in your heart to feel differently and to act differently. That's, the, that's why we have a changed heart and a changed mind. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need to ask him to change us. That's what I did. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Would you please change me so that I can know so that I can understand. And he did. It's kind of like the disciples. They didn't know how to catch any fish. 
Yeah. They caught nothing. Friend, you get down before the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I realize I'm in trouble. Like the disciples on that fishing night, bad fishing night, they were in trouble. You got to say, admit to the Lord, Lord, I'm in trouble. I realize I have violated your law and I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Father, forgive me. And Lord, you take over and you you bring the fish in that I can't catch. And Lord, you, you bring in the provision that I can't get. Lord, you fix the problems I can't fix. And friend, give it to him. Friend, God's word does exactly what it says it's going to do. Some people ask me, well, Ray, how do you know your belief is the right one? Here's how I know. Because the Bible is going to do what God says it's going to do. God does what he says he's going to do. When God says, when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Friends, you will be saved. So let me lead you in prayer. Pray after me, friends. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I messed up. And now I know I really messed up. And I don't know what to do. But Lord, I am finding out today, now, that you know what to do. So it only makes sense for me to let you deal with it instead of me. So, Lord, I'm going to follow your lead. I turn it over to you. I give you my life, Lord God. I don't know what to do except give it to you. So, Lord, I wait for you to show me how things work now. Open up doors. Make it bluntly obvious what these doors are because, Lord, I don't even know how to recognize you when you open doors. So show me what they are and show me the way, and I will trust you with it, Lord God. I won't worry about my rent check or my house payment, whatever, all those things that I'm concerned about, that I'm worried about. Lord, I give it to you. You do it. And you're the boss. You're the Lord now. I give you my life. Thank you for dying in my place and taking the sin penalty that I was supposed to pay for myself. I give it all to you. You are now my Lord. Let's do life together, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Russ, if somebody prayed that, do you think they got saved? We'll have to see. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see what kind of fruit well, we'll, it produces on Yes, exactly. But if you really meant that, friend, the Bible says you're saved. Now, don't go into this thinking you can be the same old, same old. You can't. you got to leave that old life. you got to leave your nets now, too, to follow him. Friends, it said they left their nets to follow him. You can't stay where you were to follow Jesus. I say leave your nets and follow him. See what he does. He'll give you a better net than you had in the first place, right? Absolutely. Russ, it's been great having you here. Discussing this, you have any closing thoughts you want to leave with anybody? Just that uh, the changed life is the bottom line. If Jesus doesn't change your life, then you're looking at the wrong Jesus. Amen. You made up a Jesus. You made up a Jesus. The one that fits your tastes. If you're if you're not reading the Word of God, if you're not reading the Bible, then you're not going to be hearing what He says because He speaks in the Bible. Pick up that Bible and read it, friends. Absolutely. Know what's in it. So, uh, you know, let's do life together. <laughs> let's do it with the Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, friends, you may be hearing me some far away land. I live in Texas. You may be on the other side of the earth here. I mean, you're thinking, Ray, I can't walk with you. No, but you can walk with Jesus, Absolutely. and I'll walk with you and Jesus in eternity somewhere. I'll see you then, okay? Thank you for being here, Russ. It's been a pleasure having you. Yes, thank you. And friends, you. you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.